0: Welcome to God Knows Where. I'm Brett Harris, I'm glad that you're here. Today we are building off the last couple of episodes to reflect on this question. Is America a Christian nation? Should it be a Christian nation? I think all the different ways that we answer that question continue to divide the church. And Jesus shows us his focus went far beyond the bounds of any nation. As we continue to see the ways that our faith and our politics divide us, I'd encourage you to check out Good Faith Media's A Better Way initiative after you listen to today's episode. I'll link to it in the show notes for you. The principal goal of A Better Way is to provide an alternative voice in the public discourse regarding policy and religion. A Better Way empowers people of faith to engage in informed discussions about policy and society in the media in their houses of faith, and in their communities, and also in their personal relationships. You should check it out. Thanks for being here, and thank you for your support of God Knows Where, for your reviews. I love them all. I read them all. Keep them coming. Keep telling other folks about God Knows Where. Thank you for all you do, and I hope you enjoy today's episode, Kingdom Come. Have you ever had one of those moments where you think you said something to yourself, like inside your head, to no one at all, but quickly realized that the words, in fact, came out of your mouth, and not at a whisper, but at a full volume? I have. Several years ago, I was running late, which is not abnormal for me, to a big event at a big church. As I breezed in and found my seat on a folding chair in the aisle, one of the speakers announced to the crowd that before we started... We were going to stand and pledge our allegiances to the American flag, to the Christian flag, and to the Bible. Now this may be something you do, something you're familiar with. I grew up pledging allegiance to the American flag in school, but never grew up doing the other two. And I'm grateful for all the men and women I know, and those that I don't, who've put their lives on the line to keep us safe. I know without them, this podcast and so many parts of our life aren't possible. I'm just uncomfortable. I've just grown uncomfortable over the years of anything that brings church and state together so directly. So when I heard that, I said, I thought to myself, nope. But when everyone within a few rows of me turned around and stared at me, it was clear that my dissent had come out. And I get it. I get that reaction to someone openly disagreeing with something that seems so respectful. I kick myself for my loose lips in that moment because there's this tension that we live with here. I've talked about it a bit over the last couple of episodes. Our country affords us the right to worship as we see fit or to never worship at all. People have given their lives to preserve our freedom to do so our freedom to speak our minds, and really all of the freedoms that we enjoy. And we can't lose sight of that fact. What seems so natural to us, what we take for granted, is not true everywhere. And we have to hold that tension, because not only are there places where people can't gather freely or where people must keep their thoughts to themselves, but that's more the norm around the world than we experience here in America. That was the case for Jesus and his fellow Jews in Rome. Their privilege to gather and worship and practice their faith was precarious. Their freedom depended on the generosity of the Roman emperor. They were beholden to his benevolence. They were able to express their faith as long as it didn't upset Rome, and it was probably better if it spoke well of Rome, too. But Jesus wasn't beholden to the empire, and it terrified the Jewish leaders. Their status in the empire offered Jews safety and security and some freedom to practice their faith, but never true freedom. I mentioned last week that the word nations doesn't come up a lot in the Gospels, and mostly when it does, it's not from Jesus but from others, and it's about the fear that what Jesus was doing was jeopardizing their freedom. That Jesus was putting the Jewish nation at risk. But what does come up way more than nations are kingdoms. Jesus talks a lot more about kingdoms than he does about nation. And really, he talks a lot more about one kingdom in a couple different ways. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, whatever we want to call it, however Jesus is talking about it, it isn't defined by lines we've drawn. It's not governed and dictated by an emperor. Its goal isn't power and domination and deference. The kingdom of heaven is defined by enough for everyone. It's governed by the same God who called us good, and rescues us from Pharaoh, and walks with us through deserts, and decided to come down and guide us toward freedom. Freedom from death, freedom from fear, freedom to live and to be alive. That's its entire goal. Freedom and plenty and joy for everyone, no matter which side of the border or the aisle we find ourselves. And that's why my wife Elizabeth can't play risk, You know, the board game of world domination. Years ago, with some friends, we grabbed some drinks and doled out the pieces and set out to take over the world in the living room of our rental house. My friend Craig and I were locked in on the purpose. Smite whomever stood in our way. Forge alliances that made our lives easier, even if they made someone else's harder. Make them with whomever was convenient at the time and forget them when they weren't. You know, empire stuff just with plastic armies and dice. And as we took on these bombastic personalities in the midst of this board game, it became too much for Elizabeth. I think I told Craig something to the effect of, I was going to annihilate him with my next roll of the dice, and that was the straw that broke the camel's back. She couldn't play anymore. We were being way too imperial and way less kingdom-like, and it just wasn't fun for her. It was too close to the way the world really works. People who should be collaborating and connecting over a glass of wine, choosing instead to plot against one another and use one another for their own ends. Their thirst for power supersedes their hunger for wholeness. Their need for safety and security leads them to lash out in fear and to seek to root out anyone who stands in their way. That's empire, not kingdom. At least not the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. Because Jesus had no concern for empire. He wanted what Elizabeth wanted, and he came to upend the status quo. To bring freedom, not fear. To bring reverence for creation, not deference to any nation. And yet, the tension we feel between our gratefulness for the freedoms our country offers us and the freedom Jesus shows us is possible, Attention leads us to be more and more like the religious leaders who kowtowed to Rome than it does to be like Jesus. We cling to what we know and what we've seen instead of reaching out for what Jesus tells us is possible. It makes us want to shape our country into a Christian nation instead of living and loving so much like Jesus that nations and boundaries and borders don't matter anymore. Jesus wanted to bring and wants our help bringing about the kingdom of heaven, not any Christian nation. Whatever that means to us, however that looks to us, whether it's legislation that mirrors the way God has spoken to us or leaders whose faith looks like ours or at varying times from various perspectives, the belief that better democracy will get us closer to the kingdom of heaven or that less democracy is needed to take us there We do this because we have no understanding of any kind of kingdom in America. The United States was founded in direct defiance of a kingdom. No more taxation without representation. No state religion. We wanted peaceful transfers of power. All we know is anti-kingdom. I mean, the closest we come to understanding kingdom life is the latest drama we read or see or hear about from the British royal family. And because of that, like those who were afraid of Jesus, we want a Christian nation. We want it because we believe it will provide us safety and security and freedom to practice. We believe that a Christian nation is synonymous with the kingdom of God, but it's not. Because whose interpretation of what it means to be Christian will shape the Christian nation? And if those in power understand what it means to be Christian differently than I do, won't I always be inclined to treat them the way Craig and I treated each other that night playing Risk? We'll always be jockeying for position and power. We'll never be able to work together to heal those who are hurting or feed those who are hungry or do anything that Jesus did that gave us a glimpse of what the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven looks like. And building the kingdom is risky. It's scary. Sticking to the nation is safe. Sometimes we're afraid that if we don't, we'll lose the nation. And at times I think we're right to fear for our nation. But because Jesus' emphasis is overwhelmingly on a kingdom that he says is not of this world but could be if we follow his lead, I think we have to consider more of the examples we have from folks like Will Campbell. Now, I promise you that I've read more from more folks besides him, but I keep coming back to him because his example is so relevant and compelling to our lives, even though so much of his work took place 40, 50, 60 years ago. After decades of working in the civil rights movement, when a white sheriff's deputy shot Campbell's Episcopalian friend who stepped in front of the bullet that was intended for a young black woman, a friend forced Campbell to consider who God loved more, his friend or the deputy. And he couldn't answer that question. And in his wrestling with why he couldn't answer that question, he realized that the leaders and friends and neighbors he worked alongside would never find freedom never find true freedom if the deputies and friends and neighbors he had back home never discovered the freedom they needed themselves from the divisions and discriminations that they'd been taught to uphold. And so he set out to do just that, not to stop fighting for the freedoms and rights of those he'd worked alongside for so long, but to do so by helping those standing in their way to find the freedom they needed from the ideas and biases that kept them opposing and oppressing their neighbors. It was risky. It wasn't the safe choice. It cost him friendships and status and probably some paychecks. But I think Will Campbell would say that it was a choice for the kingdom. It had nothing to do with shaping the nation in ways that aligned to his faith, and yet it had everything to do with that. Because it was solely focused on what Jesus did. Healing and repairing relationships in order to make this nation we call home more whole. And maybe more holy. When we look at Jesus' goal, the kingdom of God, it has no political philosophy or platform. It is not red or blue. It is not a democracy or a dictatorship. It's not even a nation or a kingdom as we know it. It's a web of relationships, of people asking each other, what do you need to be free? Free from pain, free from fear, free from whatever is holding you back from being who God has made you to be. Do you need to be healed? Do you need something to eat? Are you afraid of those folks over there? Come with me and let's go talk with them and let's get something to eat along the way. And the kingdom of God doesn't ask for a pledge. All it asks for is a prayer. The prayer that Jesus taught us. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. God Knows Where is written, produced, and edited by me, Brett Harris, with music by Thomas Steinwinder and Michael Trest, and unwavering support from my wife, Elizabeth. If you like what you hear, I'd encourage you to share God Knows Where with your friends and family, and give us a review in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this show. It'll mean the world to me, and it'll help more people find God Knows Where. Thanks in advance for your help and for being here and for listening. Until next time, take these words from William Sloan Coffin with you. May God give you the grace never to sell yourself short. Grace to risk something big for something good. Grace to remember that the world is too dangerous for anything but truth and too small for anything but love. So may God take your minds and think through them, and your eyes and see through them, and your hearts and set them on fire.